0: Welcome to the SpursDynasty.com podcast. Welcome back. It's the SDP, the SpursDynasty.com podcast. I am Stephen, joined by the one and only Mr. Trace Ronning. Mr. Ronning, how are you on this fine Tuesday evening, sir?
1: Excellent. I got the, got a couple pickup basketball games in. I still do not have a fadeaway, but we're working on it.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Um, we don't really need a fadeaway, so you know we have plenty of time to work on it because we are not entering into a contract year, and so um, neither do I have a fadeaway. I think that'll be perfectly acceptable. Trace, I was in the great state this past weekend. I ate my share of water burger, and it looks like you were traveling to Southern California. We missed each other. Did you have a good trip, man?
1: I did. I. And I didn't have of burger, but I ate two of the best burritos I've had in the last two years, so feeling good. You don't get good burritos in seattle it's It's a travesty
0: it's It's really sad, Yeah, I bet
1: you get good coffee though. yeah, I don't even drink coffee, man. This whole city, city is
0: wasted on me. Oh my God, you're missing out on a golden opportunity there. <laughs> nevertheless. Well, we'll survive. All right, so we're here today. We're going to talk some Spurs basketball again. Don't forget, you can always follow Trace at, uh, on Twitter at Dinah underscore dog, D-A-W-G, and you can follow me at the Hailstone. We also have an email account that is set up in case anybody has questions or comments. You can reach us at podcast at SpursDynasty.com. We would love to get your insight on anything. Tell us if we suck, if we sound really good, maybe if something's working, maybe if something's not working. We love your feedback. Maybe we'll listen to it. Maybe we won't. But nevertheless, it doesn't hurt to try. Good customer service here at the Spurs Dynasty Podcast. Um, That's right. We've got 100% response rate. 100% response rate. That's right. Um, Trace, it's a, it's the off season for the Spurs, but, of course, we're all still watching regular basketball. That doesn't mean that we don't have anything to talk about Spurs-related. We're going to continue with some... Player grades here. We talked some Lamarcus Aldridge and some Manu Ginobili on our last podcast, and I want to get into some uh, some more players here. We're going to talk today about three guys. We're going to talk about Patty Mills, Tony Parker, and Dejounte Murray on today's show. Um, but we're going to recap these guys and we're going to give them a grade on their yearly performance before we get into the whole off-season semantics. We're actually going to close. Um, this season, 2017, 2018, by going over the roster for the Spurs and ranking everybody. And today we're going to talk about these three guys. So, um, let's start with, uh, let's start with the Aussie, um, Patty Mills here. Uh, Patty, Patty took, I I felt like trace. He took a lot of, um, criticism this year that was largely, I think it was largely unfair. Patty Mills. um, And I think a lot of his play was overshadowed by his contract that he's under, Um, you know, the contract that he signed uh, this off season. I think it's probably fair to say that he didn't play to the level of his true contract. Um, That contract was probably largely corporate knowledge based, maybe a past tense contract that he was given. Um, But you know, Patty Mills played starter minutes this year um, a lot of the time. He, uh, he started off the ball a lot, you know, playing with Tony Parker. He played for Tony Parker while Tony was injured. And then, of course, whenever he came back, there was a lot of lineup shuffling. Uh, t- uh, Patty Mills had a uh, – he he averaged 10 points a game this year uh, mixed with uh, 2.8 assists and 1.9 rebounds, which eh, that's that's about what you expect for a guard. But what was interesting um to me, Trace, is that Patty played a a career high twenty five minutes a game this year, almost twenty six minutes a game. So we saw a lot more of Patty Mills this year, and we saw um with that some of the the best and the worst of Patty Mills. What I noticed the most of Patty Mills is that he's actually six feet tall. Um which <laughs> if he plays if he plays at the point guard position, you could probably get away with that, but because he played off the ball so much, that's kind of hard whenever you have a six foot uh, tall quote unquote shooting guard, you know, that's out there. And I think where, where he got exposed a lot trace was on the defensive end. And so that led to a lot of criticism. Um, Some of it is warranted because we get it, you know, it's Patty Mills. He's not exactly John Stockton out there, but um uh, you know what how how would you kind of summarize Patty's year this year trace
1: so up and down <laughs> um you know i mm-hmm. he, this is this is the first time he's played all 82 games in a season which is kind of cool and he started 36 which is far more than his, he's ever you know the most games he's ever started in a season prior to this year was last year when he started eight and mm. yeah i i you know i think i think what I think what we saw this year is that, you know, Tony Parker, you mentioned was making a lot of people were upset about his salary, but uh, Patty Mills was the 22nd, uh, sorry, he had the 22nd highest salary for a point guard. Uh, he made, you know, just a little bit less than guys like uh, Kemba Walker, Jeremy Lynn and Ricky Rubio, but he got paid more than some guys. He got more than Sean Livingston. He got paid more than Darren Collison. He got I don't know if I some of those guys probably all should be making around the same amount of money anyway, but back to the stats. Uh, yeah. You know, he, yeah. It's his three, four percentage was lower than his, you know, it's one of the lowest he's had in his career. He was, he wasn't taking, he wasn't taking quite, I mean, he, his number of shots is about the same. So it's not like, you know, there was too much volume. I just, I think he got put into a situation where his first several years with San Antonio, his job was basically hustle and get you know mm-hmm. move well off the ball, find your spot behind the three point line. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be moving this ball around. It's gonna get you, and you have to be ready to just catch and shoot and, and make make some big threes for us. And this year, I saw some some growing pains out of Patty Mills because he was the starting point guard in a lot of situations, or at least on the, you know, he was actually playing point guard position. He's always been listed as a point guard, but he never really, he never, I don't know. I never saw him as like a point guard systematically. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, he might be a little short for a shooting guard, but when the, when the Spurs are moving the ball, it, it, it doesn't matter. And so this year, Shouldn't Patty Mills yeah. was asked to kind of, yeah. And so this year, Patty Mills was asked to kind of raise his own shot, which is something he's never had to do before. And, the results early on were not spectacular. I I think though, I mean, I think by the end of the season and in the playoffs, Patty Mills, I was I was really impressed with how he kept working at you know these things that he was suddenly asked to do. And I felt by I felt by the end of the first round of the playoffs that you know Patty Mills actually was was doing some really cool stuff when he had the ball. He was like you know, juking guys out, making his own shot, crossing guys up. You know they weren't falling all the time, so that's maybe something he still needs to work on. I still think as a catch and shoot guy, I, I believe in him more often than not. And if he, you know, San Antonio fans, we're we're going to be stuck with Patty Mills for probably another four years or three years, whatever it is. So I think we might as well, we might as well start appreciating him. I, I don't I don't know right. who they would trade him for. Steven, I don't know, you know, who, I don't think, you know, you're not going to just outright cut him and just like eat the salary. You know, you got to, you, we're going to have to live with Patty Mills. And and next year when, you know, hopefully we're able to build the team better around the guys that we have to, that are, that are going to be under contract. And this year is going to be some growing pains that are actually really going to benefit the Spurs over the next few years because Patty is going to have a little more ball handling skills that he can, that he can get back to even when that's not his primary job.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think Patty is actually a fabulous backup point guard. I think he does really well whenever he's not in the starting lineup and he's playing with the second unit, he provides you with a, you know, a little bit of electricity and a kind of a score scores mindset off the bench. You know, if, if, if Patty can be expected to create you know, somewhere between like six to 12 points off the bench that can surprise you, that goes a long way as opposed to expecting him to play starters minutes and where you need him to average like 16 to 18 points, you know, as a starter's role. Um, That's just really not his game, especially because of, you know, the way that he plays. He's kind of more like a combo one, two guard uh, offensively, but defensively, he really has to, he really, it's it's not that he doesn't work hard. I mean, I think he does, you know, work hard, but you know, he's a, he's a product of his height, man. That's just the reality. He's just not a big guy. Um, and, and that, that's okay. So I think, I think Patty took a lot of criticism for his contract mixed with him coming into a bad year, you know, for the entire Spurs. I I, I give, I give Patty a, a, a C plus this year. Um, and I, you know, it's a passing grade, you know, obviously he, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fabulous. You would, you would have liked to have seen his, his minutes go up and, and people crucified him. They, they, they hammered him all year long as for that contract, but he, he did everything that he was asked to do with the best that the Spurs had. The problem was, is that too many times he was relied on to be like the second, uh, the second offense the second option on the offense behind LaMarcus Aldridge. And he's not a second option player. He's more like a, more like a sixth or seventh option. And if you can get him back into that role, if the Spurs can kind of solidify their lineup this off season, if they can get some guys, you know, back into their regularly, you know, scheduled programming, so to speak, I think Patty can actually have a nice, he can have a nice career and he can be a nice uh, solid you know, role player on this team, but if if, he, if he's going to be expected to play starter minutes moving forward, you know, then it, then it will be a long struggle, Trace.
1: Yeah, and you know, one last thing before we move on, and I just want to say his you know, his effective field goal percentage because he takes so many threes. Uh, you know, he, he he shot fifty. His his effective field goal percentage is fifty-two percent. I I will admit that I don't know where this puts him in the league, but. You know, if 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 you, if you not bad. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move like on Daddy, over. to so, you know what, I I like him, and I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I, I forgot to give him a grade. I'm gonna go with a C. Uh, I'm gonna go with a C because he has he still has a lot of things to work on if he wants to be a starting point guard, and I feel like he does want to be a starting point guard, which kind of concerns me. But he's he gets a C.
0: Yeah, if he would accept that he might be a really, really good bench player, I think that would help everybody out. But I think you're right. I think he really does want to be a starting point guard in this league. But let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about one William Anthony Parker, Jr., Tony Parker this year. Um, I'm going to get this out in the open. I'm just going to start it now, Trace. Tony Parker gets a D for me. Um, not a good year for Tony Parker. And I know that that's a harsh grade for a Hall of Famer. I want to be careful to separate Tony Parker's career with this season. Uh, Tony Parker is a Hall of Fame player. I think he should be. Um, But man, it was just, it was bad for Tony this year. And of course, let's give him a curve here because he did come off of a, uh, you know, really bad injury. You know, he played in 55 games this year, he only started in 21 of them. But he averaged, let's go over his stats real quick. He averaged 7.7 points this year. That was his lowest of his career. Um, He averaged uh, 3.5 assists this year. That was also his lowest of his career. He averaged 1.7 rebounds, lowest of his career. He did have, he did keep his turnovers down this year and minutes played. You know, he played 19.5 minutes a game, which was also the lowest his career. Definitely aging, definitely, you know, coming back from an injury. But, man, he just didn't look – he didn't look like he was ready to accept his new role. He looked like he still thought he was the Tony Parker of old and thought of himself as kind of the number two option on this team, especially with Kawhi being out. Um, I really felt like Tony lacked a lot of self-awareness this year and had a hard time accepting that he's a 35 year old coming off of a, you know, really bad injury, really bad quad injury. Um, And that was, that was problematic for his play on the court. Additionally, I thought that he caused some major problems. Uh, You know, I think I've already voiced this, but I I thought that he was a big, uh, he was, you know, real problematic with his comments about Kawhi Leonard. I thought that was really unnecessary for a veteran on the team to, to bring And it it really helped kind of stir the pot of this. I think he owes Kawhi Leonard a a really big apology, but he probably owes the team a big apology too because he just did not accept his role with with Grace, and that's why I gave him a D. Do you agree with any of that, Trace, or am I being a little too hard on the guy? What do you think?
1: I might give him a C- minus only because he came off a pretty horrific-looking injury last year, but I, I can't argue with anything else. I mean, and it's really crazy to think about we're only like two or three years removed from from Tony Parker having, at the time, I thought like was like, oh man, like this guy's going to age pretty gracefully. Like, you know, he he made the All Star team three straight times from 2012, 2014. They were obviously NBA champions in 2014, and they were you know back deep into the playoffs every year after that yep. until this season. And Tony, you know, Tony Parker was was still driving that. You know, that I was actually really concerned for a while that that San Antonio didn't have a, like a point guard uh, in yeah. in grooming, you know, or whatever. That and and I don't know, if Tony Parker would have really been accepting of that if they did. But that, so I was like, well, like, thank goodness, you know, we still have Tony Parker playing at a high level. Then all of a sudden, and I think these things, you know, this probably this is probably. What we should have expected for Parker coming off that injury, and he's you know he's 35, he's going to be 36 in well, a couple of weeks actually, not even a couple of weeks, yeah. like 10 days or something, and I you know it's it's hard, it, it just he he lost he lost every advantage that he that he's had his whole career, his his, his advantage has never been height. It's never even really been a great jump shot. You know, he kind of developed one over over as time went on, and people had to respect him. But you never, you know, you would always just give Tony Parker some room and let him shoot a mid-range jumper rather than, you know, get up close to him and let yeah. him blow by you for an, for an easy layup. And he doesn't have that anymore. I mean, he, I saw I, I, a few times this year, I was like, oh, look at Tony. He got under the basket again. But it seemed like every time he would try to drive this season, like there would be like two people who were like, no, I'm just going to take one step over and cut you off. And Tony's like, ah, oh, damn. Like, yeah. I don't have a spin move that I can use in this situation to get around you, Steven. It's that, uh, uh, what am I supposed to do? And so for Tony Parker, who has lost that part of the game, and, that you know, I think that's, that's that's a big part of that is him being 35. And then I think an even bigger part of that is him uh, destroying his knee last year or his quad last year. And, yep. I mean, I'm not a professional athlete, and I hurt my knee a few months ago, and I still feel like I can't do things on it so you know for tony Parker uh not that I would ever want to compare my knees and n b a speed in the same sentence as tony parker's, but i I can only imagine that there's that it's got to be really uncomfortable for him to try and figure out how to play at this point, so you talk about a guy making fifteen you know you want to talk about egregious contracts if if we're only looking at you know, not what he's done for you and like what he did for you this year. Tony Parker, his contract is by far more egregious than Patty Mills. I think he made $15 million this yep. year. 15 yeah, yeah and that's rough. Yeah, 15 And he, like, you know, he says he wants to come back and be
0: a Spur next year. He's not going to come back and he be wants, a Spur he wants, he wants to play 20 Not yeah. just next year, Chase. So, he wants to stick around for a while.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, how many seasons is he in right now? He would need what four more seasons to get to, to get to twenty seasons in the NBA? I mean, uh, so so you're RC Buford, Steven, Just pretend for a minute. You are meeting with Tony Parker this off season. Do you do you even extend an offer to him? And if so, how much money do you offer Tony Parker? And for how long? How many years?
0: Well, if I'm R.C. Buford and I'm having the sleepless nights that I'm having about Kawhi Leonard, as it's been reported, then there's only one way that I bring Tony Parker back on this team. And it, and I don't think that Tony's going to like it, but it has to happen like this, Trace. The first thing he has to do is he's got to make things right with Kawhi Leonard. He basically has to go to him. and And a lot of people haven't said much about this, Trace but I think it's actually a really big, I think it's a big thing. I think for Kawhi Leonard, you know, to hear kind of, um, you know, the coach's son, if you want to put a, you know, put that in air quotes, you know, this is like the golden boy, so to speak, you know, for Greg Popovich to hear him come out now as a veteran at 35 years old, who's been with the team for 16 years, whatever it's been. And to say, Oh, my, my quad was a hundred times worse. Like, I don't know what Kawhi's deal is. And then to have like, you know, this confrontational meeting, like whatever, however bad the damage is with Kawhi Leonard, like it's obvious that Tony Parker had a role to play in that. And if he had a role to play in that, that if if I'm RC Buford, then I say, look, Tony, you got to get in here and make this thing right. You got to do something. You've got to, you've got to say, have a conversation with Kawhi Leonard and you've got to protect our future here and, and at least accept responsibility for your part. And if he's going to do that, then I think you've got to have a second conversation and and say basically, all right, now that you've had that conversation, this is where we start. You're not the player you used to be, and if you want to stick around, we'll give you a contract that allows you to stick around, but that contract is going to be nothing. I, I think that you give him a something to the effect of like a, you give him like a a, a three year, you know. million contract, maybe a, maybe a four year, $12 million contract. You basically pay him, pay him peanuts to stay on your roster so that he can, you know, finish as a spur out of respect, but you're giving him, you know, pretty much as close to the veteran minimum as you can. Uh, And if he's not willing to accept that trace, then I say, all right, Hey, we'll hang your, your banner in the rafters, but thank you for your time. And you can go on your way. You know James Borrego is now going. We heard today that he's going to the Charlotte Hornets. maybe James takes him you know over there on a veteran deal or maybe maybe a better deal and and he gets to coach up some of those young guys um you know maybe maybe Becca, Becky Hammond gets the Milwaukee job and she takes him over there. I mean there's a couple other places Brett Brown and Philly that those they they might be alternative destinations for him, but I don't see how you can bring Tony Parker back. One, unless he really tries to make an effort to make some things right with Kawhi Leonard. Hopefully that's what R.C. Buford is thinking. But even if he does, man, you got to bring him back for peanuts because he's just not the same player. And if you've got DeJounte Murray that's coming up and you've got, you know, Derek White that people are, you know, clamoring about. And then you've got Patty Mills who's under contract for another three years as well. I don't see where Tony Parker even fits other than just he's a leadership role. And I, I would hope that maybe you give him, maybe he signs like a one year deal with the understanding that, you know, he's going to retire and, um, you know, maybe, hey, Tony, you're not going to play 20 years, but we'll give you this front office position as a scout and maybe player management. But well, I don't see a value that he brings to this team, Trace, other than that. So that's kind of, if I'm Marcy Buford, that's really all, all, that I, all that I'm willing to offer. But I don't even entertain that unless he's willing, unless he's willing to eat some crow as far as the Kawhi Leonard situation goes.
1: Yeah, I'm, and I'm with you on that. And you know, I know it wasn't this, I, not this is a, what I'm about to, to make is maybe not a fair comparison because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to list some point guards and how much money they made this year and. <laughs> You can tell me whether you think you would have rather paid them for their role this year or Tony Parker fifteen million dollars for his role this year. Mm-hmm. And I know right. that this, and I know that Tony Parker. You know, Tony Parker didn't sign a fifteen million dollar contract this off season. Like this is a this is an old deal that just came to an end. So it's not like right. I said entirely fair. But uh, Shabazz Napier had a pretty good season for Portland. You know, as they finished in the third season in the West this year. He made $2.3 million this year. Would you rather have had Shabazz mm-hmm. Napier or Johnny or Barker on the Spurs this season? Shabazz. Yeah, and here's another one. You want, you want to compare a couple older fellas. Rajon Rondo, I'm not a huge Rajon Rondo fan, but he, he made $3.3 million this season for playing, to play for the
0: Pelicans. and Starting point guard in the Western really well- Conference semifinals. Yeah, and the Spurs really struggled for assists for much
1: of this year. If there's one thing that yep. Rajon Rondo is good at, it is finding you with with, with a great assist. So three point yep. three million dollars, Tony Park, you know Tony Parker, Rajon Rondo. I take Rajon Rondo. Yep. That's
0: the range so he's got
1: to be in, Trace. Yeah, that's that's the, that's kind of the point, I guess. Is, you know, coming back next year, I know. I know the salary cap's going to jump a little bit, but I still don't think you give Tony Parker more. I, I think three million, between three and three and a half million is the max, and maybe there are some incentives that could get him up to four million. But you know, the, the first if, if that situation—if I was the 1st I'd make it hard for him to reach those those milestones. Yeah. You know, I just can't—I can't see him playing more than ten minutes a game. Even even if it's a blowout, like I'd I'd rather have Derek White in there to get some some playing time or something like that. So, I think I will give
0: Tony Parker. You gave him a D. Is that what you said? I give him a D. You originally said a C minus. Oh, I I did
1: already say C minus.
0: Okay, never mind. I want to
1: continue to give Tony Parker a C minus, and and I would like to, if it's okay with you, talk about someone that I'm really excited for next year. That's yes, also also a point guard on this team. It's the point guard edition of grades, I guess. So we have, we have a young kid named DeJounte Murray who we assumed his starting role. We, honey DeJounte, we've got to get that going next year. He, yep. He's the guy who assumed Tony Parker's starting role when, when the season started. And then after Tony Parker came back, he had it for a short while and eventually Pop said enough is enough. Dejounte Murray, you are now the sort starting point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. And yeah, i i was a i was I was really happy that that happened. I knew I knew going into that that I, there's I, I should keep my expectations tempered because he's still you know he's only 21. He's in his second year in the league. He didn't he didn't really play a lot last year. He did get thrust no, into the didn't. starting role when Tony Parker got hurt in the Western Conference Finals. Or at the end of the Western Conference Semis, um, but but you know he, he I, I I felt like he needed a, he was going to need a lot of time to, to get his feet wet to get you know get his to get his legs steady and just kind of figure out how to play 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 point guard alongside guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Patty Mills. Unfortunately, yeah. not Kawhi Leonard as I would have hoped, but yeah. <laughs> I think. I think I think by any I think any if, you know we, we give Tony Parker a curve and still rated him really poorly. Um, I, I think there's probably got to be a curve placed on Jante Murray as well. But I was really impressed with what I saw from him out of in his second season. You know, he's he's it's really great to see to see his rebounding ability out of out of a point guard. Yeah. Any big gripe that I have, and I definitely do, it's that he just he doesn't. He's not a great passer yet and he's gonna no. that's something he's gonna have to work on and he's gonna have to get way better at that if he wants to be a starting point guard for the San Antonio Spurs or, or anywhere in the NBA. But I think I think uh as we you know, we saw in the playoffs the limited sample size, but he he, he finally looked like he was getting a shot down and he he's you know, he started to hawk up some threes, yeah. which made made me nervous, but he
0: shot he shot sixty six percent from three in the playoffs. That might be yeah. sustainable. What do you think? I don't know if we can go that far, but it's fun to imagine. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what, can, Stephen? Can you tell me, like, based on where Dejounte left off last season, what you know, what were some things that you were excited to see him do this year, and where were you a little disappointed that he didn't grow as much as you wanted?
0: Yeah. So um, I think you mentioned his rebounding um, as a as a key component. That's something. It it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Kawhi Leonard in the aspect of when Kawhi came into the league, he was really one-dimensional. He had this freakish athleticism, and he was a defender. And that was kind of the cool thing about Kawhi Leonard as he progressed. Is he The defense always stayed with Kawhi Leonard. And I, I, I'm eager to see how DeJounte develops and adjusts his game and see if that rebounding sticks. Because when you have a point guard, your starting point guard that's, you know, that's averaging, Trace, uh, he's he's averaging 5.7 rebounds a game, um, and two of them are, are offensive rebounds. That's nice, man. That's nice to get that out of your point guard. Um, but with that, he has to be a point guard. He's got to be able to facilitate the offense. He's got to be able to slow things down and get people where they're going. And you're right. He's not a great passer right now. And that was something that, that I was a little bit surprised to see was – Was as a point guard, his kind of lack of a passing ability. Um, I'm giving him a B minus for his grade this year. Um, We we really don't have a good sample size of what he did last year. I mean, last year I'm looking at the stats right now. He played in 38 games. He started in eight of them, which most of those were in the postseason. And the contrast that to this year, he played in 81 of 82 games, and he started in 48 of them. So obviously, it's hard to judge like what the true difference was. You know, some of that was you know, him forced to, forced to play in that game or forced, forced to play so many games. But you know, if, if DeJounte Murray can really develop that shot and I don't think he's going to sit, you know, shoot 66% or whatever the stat was that you said in the playoffs, but if he can become a 35 to 38% three point shooter on a consistent basis, and he can, you know, boost his assists up from, you know, 2.9 assists to maybe closer to like the five or six, uh, assists per game that would really develop him as a complete point guard. I'm not asking him to average, a, you know, a Russell Westbrook t- triple double, but if we can bump him up to, you know, if we can get him around that 10 to 12 points per game, Mark, you keep his rebounding around that six, six Mark. And then you, you get him to average five assists a game mixed in with his, you know, he's super long, you know, he's got great defensive hands. You know, he's averaging a, an, a steal a game, almost a block a game. Like, you know, he he has the making trace of being a very, like, well-rounded point guard. Um, you mentioned Rajon Rondo. I, I think DeJounte Murray is, in a lot of ways, kind of like Ray, Rajon Rondo already. And if he could kind of surpass those Rondo expectations with a consistent shot and with a consistent, um, you know, assist-to-turnover ratio, um, I think there's really, really bright – a really bright future ahead for DeJounte Murray. We're, we're talking about a guy that could easily turn out to be an all-star in this league, especially with some of the current, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star now, but you know, with Steph Curry and Chris Paul, uh, Steph Curry's not really aging, but Chris Paul, some of these guys are starting to to age a little bit. Maybe as they start to kind of tailor off in the next three years or so, that, that's definitely DeJounte Murray, like prime once he hits his 25 age, I, I, he, he has a really bright future. Um, I really hope that, uh, that he sticks around and, and continues to develop and trace the, the, the cool part is, man, he seems to be really, really hungry. I mean, he's, he's already back, been back in the gym, you know, and, and he's already working his butt off. I I like him, man. I'm giving him a B minus this year, but he's got a ton of room for growth. And uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I think he's definitely a bright spot for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, and,
1: you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So he, I don't, I don't remember how, I don't know how close attention you were paying to DeJounte Murray before he was drafted. I'm not going to sit here not and much. pretend that I was really, really all over him. But I, I do remember hearing, I do remember hearing that on draft day, that San Antonio was considering trying to draft up in the mid-teens to get him because a lot of people had him. That was kind of where yeah. a lot of people yeah. had him. So, the fact that he fell to twenty nine is just kind of crazy. You know, that, I felt that was it's like the value. first thing, right? Like, oh yeah, they, yeah, you know, they talk about they talk about trading up to get this guy at thirteen or fourteen, and then instead, like, they just fall back to twenty nine, and you know, who's sitting there still? You know, Dante Murray. And if you want to, like, I was just looking up uh, win shares from that uh, that draft class. And you do love that So track. you know, he was. Wind shares are fun. Uh, they mean something. He so he was drafted 29th overall. Uh, he's ranked 11th in that draft class uh, in wind shares. So you know that's cool. Uh, number uh, leading that list is uh, Ben Simmons, cool. which is unsurprising. Yeah, Ben Simmons. But I was a little surprised to see that Jacob Poel uh, whatever from Toronto is is actually second in wind shares. Huh. So that's, that's fun. Followed by Malcolm Brogdon, who was uh, that rookie of the year. So mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. So Jon De Murray wasn't rookie of the year, but he may one day be an all-star and he may one day be, you know, I can kind of see him as the guy, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you don't think he's going to be a big triple double threat, like Russell Westbrook. And I don't, I don't think he's going to be a triple-double threat like Russell Westbrook, but I don't. I think once he develops this shot and gets better at a sit, I don't think it would be rare for him to be the kind of guy who has a few like ten, ten, and ten, a point, rebound, assist, triple-double games in you know over the course of a year. Yeah, that, that seems that seems really doable for him, and, and that's absolutely versatile. The Spurs don't have Spurs don't have a lot of versatility right now. I mean. As, as great as guys like LaMarcus Aldridge were this year, he's, he's, he's really beholden to his jump shot and getting fouled and, you know, right. getting, getting to the free throw line. And that's, you know, John T. Murray is just kind of this, he's a freak of nature in the fact that he's, he's just so tall and long and, and really great at rebounding. So I think, yeah, yeah. It, I think you and I are, are probably in total agreement that if he can develop a little more offensive skills, then he's, He's really gonna take off, and so I'm excited to see what he does this off this off season. And like you, is I'm just impressed on an almost daily basis by his work ethic. I think it was after Game yeah. Four of the of the NBA playoffs um, in their series against Golden State. After they won that game, he was he was back in the gym taking jump shots like five hours later, which is yeah. insane. That's awesome. And I just it's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for that kid's future.
0: Yeah, he would be great, Trace. I think I think he would be fabulous as a fourth option. He's probably not ready to be a third option, but you know, hypothetically, Lamarcus Aldridge will be there next year if you get Kawhi Leonard to sign the supermax extension. And then if you had like one other piece, maybe it's a Rudy Gay, maybe you bring in another free agent who's a scoring option, and you use Dejounte Murray as kind of your fourth guy. Um, man, that would be a that. That kind of Spurs team would be uh would be a really good team if DeJounte Murray is your fourth guy. If he's your third guy next year, probably not enough. But um if 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 you could get him in as a as your fourth guy, I think that would be great. Um Trace, you didn't give him a grade. What was your grade? I gave him a B minus, but what was yours? Oh, sorry. I'm gonna give him a B plus. B plus. I like it. I like the I think off That's good. Well, that'll uh, that's going to wrap up our time for us here, Trace. But man, thank you so much for taking some time tonight and talking some Spurs basketball, man.
1: Always a pleasure. Thanks.
0: That's uh, Trace Ronning. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter at dinner underscore dog dawg. You can follow me at the hailstone on Twitter as well. We get into ridiculous arguments with crazy Spurs fans, and we would love for you to participate in some of that nonsense. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email us at podcast at spursdynasty.com. Stay close to spursdynasty.com for all your Spurs analysis, recaps, and commentary. Don't forget to download the Spurs Dynasty podcast on iTunes. It's also available on Stitcher, TuneIn, and on SoundCloud. And rate us. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. And continue to listen. Unless you're a jazz fan, leave us alone. Unless you're a jazz fan, yeah, that kind of nonsense is crazy. I think we've all figured out that Rudy Gobert is definitely not better than Carl Anthony Carl Anthony Towns. But, man, Trace, neither one of them might be better than Clint Capella. <gasps> Gasp. Right? Oh, telling you, man. I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear it either. Thanks Ugh. for listening, everyone. Right. And don't forget, go Spurs, go.